Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Corner Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake News Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club and Diamond Mounter of the Jerry Judy Jewelry Company, as well as being BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have the Duck Father, believer in the Deshaun Watson Gospel, founder and lone proprietor for the Gus the Bus Four Seasons Busing Service and caster of the Double Reverse Hutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes, and doubter of John Gruden's Jacob's Handle Shtick, the Brashad Perryman Ferryman, lifeguard and training at your neighborhood chase pool and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys, the ginger-bearded man, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Scattered, Pete. It's been a busy day. How are you? Oh, well, enough about me, Nick. Let's get dive right into your day. What was so busy and scattered? The NFL is just kind of throwing us for a loop here, uh, you know, not consistently uh, applying the COVID uh, rules to all teams. Uh, so I ultimately, luckily, that meant that I had to do uh, less writing today to get the preview out uh, and ready for tomorrow. But that means I had to do a whole bunch of other things that I wasn't planning on doing. And uh, so back to the house now, ready to Good. rock. Good. Well, make sure fateteams.com. As I say many times, we are also a written medium, not just podcast. Maybe you listen to this show purely because you're like, God, I really like what the content that these people bring, but I really just, God, the sound of Pete's voice is so grating. I wish there was another way to get this information where I didn't have to listen to this show. Fateteams.com. You can read it. Read all of the information uh, that we put out on there, including Nick quickly hitting delete about the uh, Ravens and Steelers since that is no longer happening. Yeah. I do want to interrupt though and say that Pete, I have had multiple compliments on your behalf. You have, people have told me you have a radio esque voice. (laughs) Stop Stop it. I did just say that just to see whether or not one of you guys would give me a compliment. And Nick so far is my favorite co-host Clark uh, sliding down the rankings there, buddy. Got to, got to pick it up. He's nodding with approval. Clark knows what he's, he's focused. He knows that this show is where he's going to climb, climb the ranks again. He's ready. All right, well, let's get into it. Then we only have now, like Nick alluded to two Thursday games for uh, week 12 to talk about. We're going to do a start since of course. Uh, So let's start Houston versus the Detroit lions. Clark, this seems like a pretty good game for your Houston Texans coming off of a big win against the Patriots. Yeah, a couple of injuries to watch out for with the Texans. Uh, Will Vollert seems to be healthy, and he's the one you're looking forward to starting. The Lions are terrible. They just got blanked by the Panthers. Matthew Stafford's fighting a thumb injury. Uh, maybe Marvin Jones, and I think that's about it from the Lions. Anyone I can start from the Texans, uh, I am definitely going to, as I expect them to just throttle the Lions here on Thanksgiving. I was super high on uh, DeAndre Swift to bounce back. The Texans run defense hasn't been great this year, but now it sounds like his concussion slash why he missed last week is, is maybe possibly bleeding into this week. I know Kenny Galladay is out, but uh, it seems like Deontay uh, DeAndre Swift is questionable for week 12, which is less than stellar for yours truly. And for anyone who is a part of the uh, DeAndre Swift team. Well, I think it was encouraging. I'm checking now, uh, but I think it was encouraging, yeah, uh, that Swift returned to practice in an albeit limited fashion yesterday. I don't think that we have practice reports up uh, for today, but, you know, that's that's promising that, that he was able to kind of return to action sure. a little bit. I think the the one that everyone is is wondering what the hell they should do uh, about the player is uh, Duke Johnson. Um, 
the this this is the best possible matchup that a running back can have in fantasy football. The Lions are allowing 31.2 half point PPR points to opposing backfields per game. Um, the the way that I looked at this and I, and I put this in the article is that the the Lions uh, front seven basically got the performances of a, a couple of running backs who had been struggling. Uh, back on track, namely Mike Davis last week. He, I know uh, Christian McCaffrey come back for one game over the last four weeks, but during that four-week span, Christian uh, uh, Mike Davis did not have a double-digit halfway PPR game. The Lions brought him back into that, so I'm very scared. But I'm I'm gonna I think start Duke Johnson as like a high-end flex, low-end RB two because I just think that this is sort of can't-miss uh, territory. And you're pretty confident. You're pretty happy looking at his usage in recent weeks. Like it, it hasn't been because of Duke Johnson not getting the use. It's that he hasn't been uber productive with it. Uh, I mean, he had 15 touches last week against the Patriots. Now he had 10 carries for only 15 yards, but he did see uh, five. I guess he had 13 touches. Excuse me, five targets, three catches for 20 yards, and then against the Browns, 14 carries, 54 yards, and then Jaguars, 16 carries, four catches. So like the usage has been there for him. It's just he hasn't been producing as much, which is you know he's a second string running back that kind of stuff makes sense but like you said nick against a defense like the lions if he's still getting that amount of usage this defense is so bad that he should have the opportunity to do a lot of production which puts him as a a solid flex maybe even rb2 value this week all right well then the other uh thanksgiving game our, our thanksgiving you know run of games was cut in the third because as we said the baltimore and Steelers, Ravens Steelers game, which would have been a really nice, really nice way to end Thanksgiving as you're sitting with a full stomach of turkey and uh, getting to bask in the Baltimore Pittsburgh rivalry, which is one of the better rivalries in the NFL. That is now being bumped to midday Sunday. So all you have after Houston and the Lions is you have the Washington football team heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys and this is a big Amari Cooper CD lamb test. Uh, we just saw them kind of get right against the Vikings and we talked about it on Tuesday's show about like, are they, have they returned to that must start? You got to play them. If you got them big test, Washington has a, you know, their defense is legit. That front, that front four is getting after the quarterback. And we hope that those improvements along the offensive line and what we saw at Andy, uh, Andy Dalton against the Vikings is still there. Uh, but this is a game, you know, we'll we'll see what's happening. But Nick, I know on the flip side of things, obviously, this is the Dallas secondary that can be exploited. And uh, Washington has some guys that you could take advantage of. Yeah. So uh, for for reference here, uh, Dallas Cowboys, their their quarterback pressure rate is 21.3 percent. That's middle of the NFL. Uh, meanwhile, they've allowed 24 passing touchdowns. That's the most in the NFL. They have only recorded three interceptions, which is the second fewest, and only have 25 passes defended, which is the fewest. So for all those reasons, Alex Smith shapes up up as a high-end streaming option. I have him as the quarterback 14 this week. Terry McLaurin is, uh, like I think, a locked-in uh, top five wide receiver. Who, yeah, I have him, assuming... I think, as my wide receiver, wide receiver four this week. Okay, cool. So he he had an ankle tweak that like made him a limited participant, I think, uh, today or yesterday. But, uh, you know, as long as guys are practicing, they often play. So if he's active, he's going to be in contention, I think, to be the highest scoring uh, receiver of the week. Uh, the other guy in the passing game that, that I like is Logan Thomas. The last time that he played them, he went four four for 60 yards and a touchdown. That was his uh, last. That's the last time that he had a double digit uh, half point PPR performance. And uh, I think it was in week six, but um, anyway, going further with, with Logan Thomas, his, he had four games in a row prior to, to Smith taking over where he recorded four targets in each one. Since then it's been, I think six, five and five. Um, that's a little bit better. And, you know, target one or two targets counts for a lot for a tight end. So I'm liking both of these guys. And if you were you know playing DFS, you could, you could sack those three. Well, then let's move on to the Sunday games. We have the Las Vegas Raiders heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And what in this game, uh, Clark, entices you, intrigues you? So we're we're closing in on kind of the end of the fantasy season here. So starts it questions should be pretty easy for you. The only one here I think to look out for is, is Julio Jones playing? And if he's not, do I want to get cute and go with Russell Gage or Zachary Reyes? something that Nick 
can probably pronounce and I can't. Um, otherwise, we we know who's here. Todd Gurley is not putting up great numbers, but he's scoring touchdowns for you. I mean, this one should be a break ties in favor of type of game. Definitely want to get a piece of it. Especially this Raiders offense, man. And if you're looking for, I don't know what exactly what his uh, rostered percentage is now, but off the top of my head, but Derek Carr, if he's available in your league, a great week to stream Derek Carr, who has been chucking the ball all over the field and goes up against a Falcons defense, allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, so this Raiders passing attack, I know that in the past couple of years, it's been very much like, oh, Derek Carr checking the ball down. Uh, he's been, you know, they've been getting some juice on these balls and getting players like. <laughs> Easy, Pete. Whoa, whoa, excuse me. Oh my goodness, close to the holidays. Uh, uh, getting like Nelson Aguilar. I think this could be another big Nelson Aguilar game who's coming off of a, a nice, you know, he had a 40-ish yard touchdown against the Chiefs uh, last week. So Derek Carr, I definitely think is is a solid play and stream for this week if he's available in your league. Yeah, you you nailed it with the Aguilar call. I think that he's kind of the most pivotal guy here. Um, and I think that his fantasy outlook will reside on Julio Jones's availability. What we've seen with Aguilar is that in games where the opposing team is able to push the pace with a high-octane passing offense, like Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, those are up all opponents where uh, Aguilar has had his strongest games, and it's because he's facing high-octane passing at- uh, attacks. Uh, we've seen with Atlanta that when Julio Jones is out, Mac, Matt Ryan can't, I guess, run an offense. So if Julio is active and and is able to demolish the Raiders secondary, that's when the Raiders are going to be calling upon uh, Nelson Aguilar to be their deep threat over Henry Ruggs, who was just having a rough, rough rookie season. Yeah, it's not great. I was highly touting him uh, at the beginning of this year, and I still think he'll be a very good wide receiver, but it seems he just seems like it's taken a lot of effort for him to click, which is, we've seen that in the past. We've seen it take some time. We've just been spoiled in recent week, in recent seasons where you've had guys like last year, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin just come out and hit the ground running, and then this year you've got guys like Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy to a certain extent, uh, CeeDee Lamb, obviously. That would have been embarrassing. Oh, Justin Jefferson. My God, Peter, I got to re-rank these uh, rookie wide receivers in my head. So, some I forgot to mention in the uh, the Washington football team section was Pete. Sorry, Nick, we've already moved on, so we can't okay. go back. Go back to a game. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that I went back and reread your Terry McLaurin over AJ Brown piece today, and it was very well written. Now, Brown is making a case to uh, to turn you on your head. Uh, McLaurin, I think he's got the overall points, but A.J. Brown is like a half a point ahead in, he's point, coming. in points per game right now. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, a fun, fun uh, uh, trip down memory lane. It's Nick ascending the ladder, Clark. <laughs> Clark, you suck. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers heading to Buffalo to take on the Bills. And are we finally about to see Austin Eckler in the in this backfield, Nick, for the first time since like week two? It certainly seems like it's a possibility. Fingers uh, group crossed. of guys, yeah. Um, group of guys that I've I've really enjoyed following the up and coming fantasy doctors. They uh, put out like two minute videos all the time on YouTube. It's a team of doctors, and and I love this. It's like middle-aged doctors who this makes sense for nick the the twitter doc got it he's got to be keyed in on on his resources but i just love this like burgeoning enterprise of like (laughs) middle-aged guys who are just doctors and are like well wait people will listen to what i have to say on the internet if i like put out my film analysis um so they've been great they issue uh updates really quickly they they have analyzed eckler's uh 405 pound squat video from this week they were looking at his sprints and I'm, they're saying, look, he's doing by video. He's doing everything that you would want him to be able to do to return to action. He still has to return. They, they've activated him from injured reserve, which means they now have three weeks to put him on the active roster. Uh, but I mean, as far as the medical nerds go, he he looks like he's OK. And I think uh, an aspect that uh, is going to be important here is. Kalen Balaj, I believe, was added to the injury reports. I'll pull it up right now. Uh, with a shoulder 
injury uh, this week. And I mean, they've, they've basically kicked Josh Kelly to the curb and Justin Jackson is uh, I think not playing again. Uh, okay. No, Kill and blush ankle and calf. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, they're kind of a one back offense right now. If Bellage is actually banged up and, and Eckler is like 95% of the way, I think there's a chance that we'll just get a full helping of Eckler and uh, look around in your leagues. People, I was able to find him in one of mine where people just dropped him uh, weeks ago Idiots. and forgot about it. Yeah. So anyway, I think he might be back. And um, the, the bills have kind of just been a, a, a welcoming uh, front seven to opposing backfields. They're nothing special, but 21.3 half point PPR points uh, per game, four receptions per game. So that's going to help with, with Eckler's uh, toolbox. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think he could be back this week and, and that would be terrific. Yeah. Both of these teams scoring in bunches and giving up a whole bunch as well. The whoever plays running back, you're going to want to get them in there. If you're choosing between the two, then it's an odd roster construction, uh, but <laughs> Bill's, Coming off the bye shouldn't be forgotten, and they'll be lighting it up and still not stopping anyone. Both of these teams doing a great job at that. So probably even Mike Williams, maybe, in this one for the Chargers. Yeah, I like that a lot, especially because Tredavious White doesn't move into the slot. Um, and so I think that you're going to see them move. They're, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I think, are going to move all over this lineup, and you're going to get both of those guys heavily involved. I also want to quickly remind those out there that not to forget – that this is Zach Moss's backfield now. Forget about Devin Singletary. Ignore Devin Singletary. He's useless to you. The Chargers have allowed uh, top 15 back in the last eight weeks. So Zach Moss is primed for uh, another. Frank Gore put up numbers on this defense last week. If Frank Gore can put up numbers on this defense, Zach Moss can too. That's true. Kind of a fun narrative here. Was uh, was Josh Allen, Justin Herbert's like loose comparison in the draft I process? I think so. Yeah, yeah. this is so the battle have- of the... Uh, in our inaccurate strong arm quarterbacks <laughs> mobile it. mobile surprisingly mobile with strong arms and they can't hit uh the side of a barn i am in for it let me be honest though uh justin herbert they're so good justin they're herbert, both so good looking a lot better than uh josh allen did when he first entered the league so throwing that out there all right let's move on tennessee titans uh heading to indianapolis to take on the colts and clark barnes we talked about AJ Brown a little bit earlier. Am I bold in saying that I'm a little tepid about good old AJ Brown in terms of a fantasy stud? He hasn't quite posted in recent weeks the the wide receiver one numbers that you would reliably want. And against a Colts defense that's allowed only 29 points to the wide receiver position the last four weeks, third best. Uh, AJ Brown wide receiver two maybe this week. Yeah, this is always hard to do because it's A.J. Brown and instead of who? Do you have such an incredibly stacked roster that you're maybe thinking about not playing A.J. Brown? Just from watching the games, A.J. Brown's a couple of plays away from us not even having this conversation. So he's still very much involved in the offense. And while the Colts' defense is good, A.J. Brown is really an ascending kind of otherworldly talent that we should see for five or six years here. So, yeah, absolutely go with him. I think the question is, are you going to trust that you can decode the riddle in the Colts backfield? Are you going to go with Naheem Hines? Are you going to go with Jonathan Taylor? I think the Colts finally want it to be Jonathan Taylor, but uh, Philip Rivers' history and what we've seen so far this year is, you know, making me lean pretty hard toward finding a way to get Naheem Hines in my lineup, especially in PPR, it's no doubter, but maybe even in standard, you know, finding a way to get him in there. For the record, let it be noted, uh, the last time they played the Titans, that was the one where Naheem Hines had 70 yards on the ground, 45 yards through the air, and two touchdowns. So we saw we saw a good, lion sh- a good bulk work from uh, Naheem Hines the last time they played the Titans. It would be very much like the uh, uh, you know an NFL team to completely change their game plan when you play the same team in a in a three week span, but uh, but who knows? It could be another Naheem Hines game. Uh, quickly for the record, Clark. I have guys who maybe are not perceived wide receiver ones or twos that I have above ranked above AJ Brown this week, Brandon cooks. And uh, we'll touch on it, but uh, Jacoby Myers back on the Jacoby train. Brandon cooks. Okay. Jacoby Myers. Oh boy. Okay. It's spicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm anyway. uh, Okay. So what I'm excited about for this game is uh, the, the cold side of things. Two weeks ago, we got to see Michael Pittman Jr. be screwed <clears throat> all over the goddamn Give place. Give me that Michael Pittman Jr. 
against the Tennessee Titans. Now, last week, he only had three targets. That was against the Packers. Um, you know, he's battling Jair Alexander a little bit. Jair, I'm not sure. Uh, one really cool aspect of this, though, is that Pittman is getting uh, one carries, but two, a lot of time in the slot. So what, you know, we like to see teams scheme the ball into players' hands. And with the Tennessee Titans allowing the, I don't know, like eighth most points per game, fantasy points per game, half point, PPR, half point, you got it, uh, 33 and a half of them uh, to opposing receivers. I think this is another blow up spot for Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, we should, if y'all, as you know, the Philip Rivers caveat of having a shot arm, but it's indoors. That's good. He's much better indoors. Um, fire up Michael Pittman Jr. Yes, Michael Pittman Jr. should be not only, like you should be rostering him in every league that you possibly can. I just spent 20 fab dollars to get him in one of my leagues because I am that committed with only like a, with only like 40 fab, only 40 bucks left in my fab budget. I was like going 50% because Michael Pittman Jr. The Colts rest of the season's uh, schedule is just too nice to not buy a part of this offense. And the fact that Pittman has become seemingly the number one option, or at least from a scheme perspective, from getting the ball. Like he only saw three targets last week against the Packers, but he caught all three. And one of them, he ran for like a 40 yard touchdown. So like the guy makes plays and uh, I want him in all of my leagues, uh, especially against the Titans. Touching on the schedule point you just made. So like, like you said, we have, we got Tennessee this week. That's a terrific matchup. Then it's Houston, Las Vegas and Houston. Again, that takes you through the semifinals. That's fantastic schedule. Right now week 16, Sort of difficult, sort of not. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been had by receivers this season, but the point is, look, we're trying to just get to the the championship right. game, and Michael Bedman Jr. is a great way to help you get there. True that. All right, let's move on. Uh, the New York Giants head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is the first game that we will see the Bengals without Joe Burrow, and it doesn't seem like Ryan Lindley – is going to be their starting quarterback. I don't have his name in front of me, but it looks like they, I thought they picked someone up off the practice squad and then announced him as the starter uh, name. I am blanking on. So we will call him blank face for now. Um, Nick, talk to us about this, uh, this offense. Cause you, you have a little vibe about this backfield possibly. Yeah. Well, so, so the no name quarterback that you referenced is blank face, uh, please blank Who's face. God given name. Brandon Allen, a.k.a. Blankface, uh, he played for Denver for three games last year and did, I mean, he actually kind of looks like a chuck it all over the park kind of guy. Ooh, anyway, saucy. Uh, the player that, you're, that we're here to talk about is Samaj P. Ryan, who was taking up Giovanni Bernard's pass catching role uh, over the last week or two as Gio uh, became the, the the lead back for the team, which is very bizarre because Samaj P. Ryan is, is not a short statured uh, player. Uh, anyway, they, they wanted to bang Bernard between the tap tackles while p ryan who is 240 pounds operated as like the ballerina back doesn't make any sense but this is this is, is the same logic that washington uses when they're like nah antonio gibson the converted wide receiver shouldn't be catching passes that's a great point Thank um you. now this offense is going to struggle to get down to the red zone but we're all just <laughs> trying to find guys that that can play the new york giants are allowing the seventh most fan or half point ppr points to opposing backfields uh, specifically, they're getting pummeled in the receiving game with 6.2 receptions per game and 52.4 receiving yards allowed. So for a guy who was just acting last week as the team's pass catching back, now stepping into the full-time role, uh, if you need a flex, you got one. Yeah, I like all of that. I want to get away from this game in every way possible, except maybe starting the New York Giants defense. That's I like I think, that call. I think things are going to be terrible for the Bengals moving forward here. Of course, the only uh, piece of a team that is absolutely terrible is a back getting volume. So I still like your point, Nick, but there's a lot of, you know, good wide receiver talent on this team. That's been playing well with Joe Burrow throwing the ball for his life. And that has come to an end. Yeah. Unfortunately, my T Higgins, uh, my T Higgins shares are, I'm rather upset right now. I'm a little nuevous. Uh, I also think that Wayne Gallman, I feel like he's probably been maybe you don't consider him a top fantasy option. But since week seven, Wayne Gallman has been the RB7 in fantasy football and standard leagues. Uh, so fire him up. He's been good, which is a shocker. 
Volume matters a lot. Volume, as they say, volume is king. And the kings have volume because they eat a lot of food. Let's move on. Go ahead. (laughs) Cleveland Browns heading to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. And I mean, the Jaguars, if you don't, if anything tells you that there is a team who is tanking more than the Jaguars, it is the Jaguars benching Jake Lutton for uh, Mike Glennon this week, because why not? Let's just see what Glennon can do, uh, which has me slightly nervous about uh, Jacksonville's pass catchers. It's an upgrade. You're still just asking yourself the same question of, am I going to bet on Keelan Cole having a huge game or DJ Shark catching that deep shot? James Robinson is obviously a go, but Jacksonville is being very Jacksonville this season. When Minshew comes back, I'll have some more interest, but it's not until good. then. It's like, yeah, I don't when you're this. upgrading to Mike Lennon, things are not great. No, no. When that, when that's your like uh, ace in the hole. And that is an upgrade by the way. Yeah. They wanted Jake to L- see what they had and they found Mike Glennon sounds good. <laughs> That is their scouting report on Jake Lutton. Mike Lennon so, sounds good. Uh, the Yeah, both of these guys. I just I was shocked that this team has compiled these two as their backup to Gardner Minshew, who's like not that big of a quarterback. They employed two stork-sized uh, quarterbacks to back him up of nearly identical stature, both six foot seven and within four pounds of each other between 225 and 229 pounds. Uh, Luton runs a 175 10-yard split and uh Glennon runs a 174 10-yard split. Their 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 cone drills are also Love it. uh within like 0.1 seconds. They're I love how you draft off. the clone of the guy you already have. Makes perfect sense. And both of them I, both of them did not manage to jump 30 uh inches in the vertical. One was 26 and a half, one was 28 and a half. Anyway, I it baffles me why I understand roster mirroring for different positions, but trying to get like the most unathletic two quarterbacks to back but up. There's, an but there's roster mirroring. There's no roster sense. mirroring with like with like your starters and the guys behind them, so you don't have to completely shift your offense. It's another thing to like mirror your backup with the third string quarterback, or it's like if we have to commit to our backup, uh, our backup quarterback, at least we have this third string guy, which means we can keep this offense going. Yeah, they have these two Jack Skellington guys walking around the complex. It makes no sense. Uh, I also, I'm not in love with this being a Baker Mayfield game, even though the Jaguars are giving up the third most points to quarterbacks. I don't trust Baker to do anything with that. But I do trust Nick. I know you have a super spicy take. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both are going to be top five backs, according to Nick this week. So that's what I say. The Browns I mean, have been very comfortable just cruising with the run game and some bad weather games. And why mm-hmm. would you not keep doing that against the Chargers? Yeah, the I think Jaguars? I think 50 combined touches for Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt is totally. I mean, they've been in like the mid to low 40s, and Jacksonville is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing backfields. Uh, 23.6. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> The Jags are going to feel blessed that the other team is just running the ball down their throats all day so that it's only like 32 to four instead right. of 32 to nine. Also good on the Browns because in their last, the last few games, I feel like has been the, I keep preparing myself for like the classic, Ooh, good Browns, but then they just get smacked by a bad team. Thought for sure that was going to happen against the Eagles last week. I thought for sure that the Carson Wentz Eagles were going to somehow beat the Browns, despite the fact that the Browns were whatever, six and three. Good on the Browns for like actually winning games they should be winning and uh, go to Jacksonville and win this game. In fact, win it by a bigger margin than the uh, Steelers. Why not? Go crazy. I'm talking real football for a second. Remember, this is the Browns. Stefanski winning games that he should win is a huge step forward for that huge. franchise. Hey, um, I'm sorry I didn't call attention to this sooner. Clark, where are you? In a cave. I mean, <laughs> if I turn the light on, I feel like it's too much. I'm at the windowsill of this dark and lonely place in the Pacific Northwest. Are you not frightened? Constantly. I would be way too scared to just podcast in bits darkness. Clark figures that he's seeing himself. And so if anything <laughs> comes up from behind him, he'll see it. We'll all yeah. see it. We can warn him if there's like some ghoul just like hiding in the background. Been watching a lot of scary movies lately. This will oh. help me detect what's going on. Yeah. 
All right, gonna cut in for a second for a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, let's move on. Uh, Carolina Panthers head to Minnesota to take on the Vikings DJ Moore is a wide receiver one this week. I have ranked him as wide receiver 12. He's been a top five receiver the last two weeks. Minnesota, uh, their defense has been mildly better this week or uh, in the past weeks, but they're still giving up the fifth most points to wide receivers. And you know that this Panthers offense is going to come to play because it's a Teddy Bridgewater feel-good game. I won't call it a revenge game because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater really is seeking revenge from the Minnesota Vikings because they were really good to him and and everyone loves Teddy Bridgewater. And he's going to come to Minnesota and be like, look at me, as he uh, takes back this offense and uh, passes the ball to DJ Moore, who's emerged as that top passing option. And a wide receiver won this week. Vikings secondary, allowing 35 and a half half-point BBR points per game. Uh, I know it sounded like a broken record, reeling off that stat, but uh, it's the fourth most in the league. This should be a fun barn burner. This is a, am I thinking about putting Kyle Rudolph in there? Mm. That game? Clark, I mean, don't, but, yes, but don't. do. <laughs> no, but do. <laughs> but listen to Clark. Clark has a, Clark and Kyle Rudolph text each other regularly. Just the point and, being, there's going to be a lot of touchdowns for both teams probably here. Yeah. Someone even in Kyle Rudolph's stature may fall into the end zone. Kyle Rudolph is not a spicy take. Uh, let's uh, Let's do some quick research here. Panthers giving up, well, they're giving up league average to tight ends. Well, whatever. I like to be saucy. All right, let's move on to the afternoon. Oh, wait, no, we got two more games in the one o'clock time. Well, three more, really, because we got stupid-ass Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, Arizona Cardinals heading to New England to take on the Patriots. I have two spicy takes here. Obviously, one of them I've already talked about, but I'll get into both of them. But first... uh, Nick or Clark, do you guys have anything to that you would like to to say about this game before I just burn this whole place down? Take it away, Pete. All right, let's burn some burn some buildings. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I have as my wide receiver sixteen. Yes, I understand that it was the Demir Bird show last week. I am still trusting the fact that Jacoby Myers, like for the last seven weeks, has been a reliable wide receiver one in PPR leagues. He has seen the bulk share of targets and catches. He is the best wide receiver on the Patriots and against a uh, Cardinals secondary that's given up the most points to wide receivers over the last five weeks, including the most touchdowns, something that Jacoby Myers has yet to do this year. Uh, I feel pretty confident in Jacoby Myers putting you putting together a very solid wide receiver two production for you this week. And the thing that's going to absolutely burn this house down that is going to make Clark probably decide that maybe this podcast isn't for him and that he should leave. Uh, ranked three spots below Jacoby Myers, I have DeAndre Hopkins because I believe in Stefan Gilmore. And I believe in DeAndre Hopkins having already a couple games this year where he is just not disappeared, but maybe been an afterthought. Maybe has gotten you three catches for 50 yards. And uh, that's not wide receiver one stat lines. Uh, and so I have DeAndre Hopkins as the wide receiver 19 this week, facing the Stefan Gilmore treatment. And Stefan Gilmore, when asked, who is he going to cover this week? He literally just said the eyeball emojis. We all know who he's covering. And we all know it's going to be a battle. Clark is re-ranking now the podcast members yeah. in his no, own order. I- and I have fallen way down the ladder. <laughs> I was, I just have a hard time at this point in the season because the spicy take is that DeAndre Hopkins is the wide receiver 19. So he's just an absolute start still. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he's had some bad games. Totally (laughs) agree. But he's amazing. Uh, Playing against Stefan Gilmore is not good for your fantasy production. 
Uh, I, I love the Jacoby Myers take. I, I think that he's proven that he's just good. And we're really starting to look ahead to next year in our dynasty leagues of, is this person going to be like a real thing for a long, long time? But yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about Hopkins. A couple bad games. It happens. My favorite Jacoby Myers statistic is that over the last month, the fewest percentage of snaps that he's taken is 98. Uh, he's a full-time player. He is the engine of the, uh, the, the Pats passing game. Uh, and and the, the the Cards defense overall is just so injury plagued. Their yeah. front seven continues to lose guys. I mean, they uh, most recently I think it was Corey Peters with his Achilles. Um, they're getting pummeled by mobile quarterbacks. So fire up Cam Newton. Actually, just as a fun, we don't, I hate to do the the Moy fantasy team thing, but do you guys have a uh, who's a higher ceiling start, Cam Newton or, or Teddy Bridgewater? I'd say Cam Newton. That's the unbiased Patriots fan in me. I would go with Cam too, but I think it's close and I could make a Teddy argument. Yeah, cool. I definitely think you can. I also think Kyler Murray, I am I am not emotionally prepared for what Kyler Murray is going to do to this Patriots defense. It's going to take years off my life, but I'm going to enjoy watching it. It was like watching Deshaun Watson last week where it's like, oh my God, Deshaun, I hate that you just did this, but you are very good at what you do. All right, let's move on. Uh, Miami Dolphins head to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Do we need to spend time on this game? Who's playing running back for the Dolphins? Good question. Is Miles Gaskin back? Internet doctor, Nick. Let's go. He's he's what you're here for. He's been activated from injured reserve, uh, and he practiced, I think, uh, today, but he was in a red non-contact jersey. He's going to have to get in the next two days of practice, actually practicing to to play. Um, of course, Salvin Ahmed is also injured. He did not practice on uh, Wednesday today, which, you know, Wednesday is the, the day of arrest if someone needs to rest. I believe that's but Sunday. A, but a full-on uh, uh, DNP. We're non-denominational here. Uh, a full-on uh, DNP is is pretty uh jarring and so shoulder injury not you know great for running back uh matt Breda, i i think is back to uh to fighting shape so this could kind of devolve into the the Breda first show which just double checking okay so he only played on 11 percent of snaps that last week um patrick laird was in on 26 and ahmed was uh 66 this could be Brita is the rusher between the twenties and Laird is the the pass catching guy. But um, Clark, I, I want you to hit on the the Brita thing in a second here. I just want to alert everybody to the fact that Tua has a he came up with an injury today on his throwing hand thumb. So we don't even know who's going to play quarterback. Uh, it could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. If so, fire up your Parker shares. If so, <laughs> Devontae Parker is a wide receiver one this week. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is under center, Devontae Parker is going to like finish a top 10 wide receiver. Yep. Sexy. All right, let's move on. Oh no, God, I keep forgetting that there's stupid Baltimore versus Pittsburgh in the one o'clock slate. All right, let's tackle it so we can get it out of the way. Uh, Ravens head to the Steelers to play them. Clark, what's your vibe? Play the Steelers. Uh, I'm curious, again, what's going on with injuries and the Ravens' backfield? Is it going to be just Gus Edwards, or is this why the game moved? Are we going to try to get Dobbins Mm -hmm. in there? That would certainly dampen your your Gus the Bus busing service if they pushed it back to get J.K. Dobbins back in the fold, which would be great because we just saw him put together a very strong performance, and the Steelers, you know, you can – could be a good bounce, uh, a good place for him to continue what we've seen. I mean, I think we're going to have a James Conner game. I think that the Steelers are going to have to run it, so they're not going to be able to protect Ben long enough with a good enough secondary from the Ravens. So maybe a little bit of a damper on your Steelers, guys. But still, I mean, how do you not start Claypool? I think, so yeah, I think go, Chase Claypool but... is, is is matchup proof. I'm as a wide receiver 13. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Suster, I both pushed down. But Chase Claypool, not only just because of his work in the passing game, but also his work like they – give him the ball rushing sometimes too and they get him involved in that method as well and so i just i think i'm trusting i'm starting to how we felt about dk metcalf at the beginning of the year which is like dk metcalf is a wide receiver one regardless of his matchup until he met up with jalen ramsey but even then he still put up a touchdown on that that was pretty good 
Uh, or no, he didn't, but that was against the Cardinals. Put up touchdown. Anyways, Chase Claypool, I think, is matchup proof. That's yeah, so not, not disagreeing with you, but this is the kind of game where Juju Smith-Schuster gets 11 catches for 167 yards and a touchdown and then ejected for blindside blocking someone. So, like, this is why... Has, it, has this happened lives. before? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, uh, ca- countering everything that you guys just said <laughs> uh, and doing so in a swift manner, Deontay Johnson is the still top, still the top dog here. He had 16 targets last week. Chase Claypool at 10, and that's terrific, but this is still Deontay's house. He is a top 12 uh, wide receiver, no questions asked. Claypool is up there probably as, like, a top 15 option. Um, as for the James Conner stuff, I, the 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 game getting pushed back impacts injuries in a really interesting way because the Ravens defensive line had both Brandon Williams out last week with an injury and Calais Campbell out with an injury. Those are two guys over 300 pounds who are just massive, massive talented uh, playmakers on the defensive line. Brandon Williams specifically is a run stopper, Calais Campbell all over, but really killing it in the passing game. Um, if this extra rest time allows uh, Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, who both did have to go on the COVID reserve list, if this allows them to come back, that is bad news for James Conner. And his ranking would tumble for me uh, if those guys are able to play. As far as the Ravens backfield, I think you guys kind of covered it there. Uh, if Dobbins is able to come back, then our waiver claims for Gus the bus is all fucked up. And, you know, there you go. Uh, if not, start him because the Steelers have actually been a little bit vulnerable on the ground. Now, last thing, I'm just going to put on my Fox Mulder hat here for a second. I'd have, I've had a buddy of mine who's kind of been talking about, uh, is the NFL maybe intentionally misreporting some of the COVID case numbers? And his long theory is Lamar Jackson came down with it and they, they pushed it back. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, I'm not here to discuss that. What I am here to discuss is the fact that this is from a a graphic from a defector uh, data between Monday and Saturday, the NFL averages 32 and somewhere between 32 and 27 players going on the COVID reserve list on Sundays. That number drops to five. Are you telling me that everyone gets healed by Saturday? On game day, when two teams are meeting, the spread is lower. It's magic. I think that there's something that needs to be looked into a little bit more here. Um, And John Harbaugh, you're a total asshole. Uh, Anyway, moving (laughs) on. The RB1 podcast is coming to take down the NFL as an enterprise. We're ready. We have the we have the tools and the resources. SB Nation, give us a blank check so that we can uh, take down take down the NFL. All right, let's get to the Sunday ga- afternoon games. Finally, screw you, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, New Orleans heading to Denver. The Saints playing the Broncos. Um, my question to you guys is. Boat, we saw Michael Thomas obviously get a lot of work in the PPR. No touchdown, though, because Taysom Hill, once he gets down to that goal line, it's the Cam Newton effect. And we also saw Alvin Kamara uh, have his kind of ceiling capped because of Taysom Hill not throwing him the ball in the passing game. So if you have to pick between those two guys, Clark, who do you think is going to have the better fantasy performance against the Broncos, Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas? This is very important. You have to answer honestly. I will go with Alvin Kamara. Ah, good answer. It's really tough. Uh, for me, <laughs> Kamara plummeted to the RB number three spot uh, after being the RB one for oh. weeks and weeks and weeks. How yeah, dare you, Nicholas? Yeah, I think he's still the guy. He's sandwiched, but, sandwiched between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, it, it is a little bit concerning that, you know, he, he went down to just one target. Uh, there, there's of course the narrative that that running quarterbacks don't throw to running backs that much, which I subscribe to up until earlier earlier this week. Sam Hoffman put out some data on uh, targets to running backs uh, via quarterbacks who run for seventy five uh, on seventy five attempts or more, and that's excluding scrambles. So it's actually like run running quarterbacks. Uh, and it actually showed that they they still kind of do target running backs at a like a league average amount. I, it seemed like it trailed off a little bit. Anyway, I got to look more into it. But well, what are uh, the that, stats that for like a tight end targeting a running back? <laughs> Not anymore because ESPN Not is anymore. assholes. Uh, ESPN anyway, kills fun. We're Taysom taking them Hill, down after we take down the NFL. Taysom Hill is a serious fantasy option though as a quarterback. Yeah, so I just. 
we deal with incredibly small sample sizes analyzing the NFL. And uh, I love analytics work because it can highlight uh, where you should look for something and start to develop a story of why something is happening. And analytics can just make you focus on that. Uh, but I think sometimes we may go too far. So far, we have one game of Taysom Hill being a starting quarterback in the NFL and what that's going to look like. We may not see the exact same thing in his second game. I'm going to bet on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara being outstanding. And just from what the guys that were calling the game said, Taysom Hill seems to understand very much that Michael Thomas is good. They were asking him about uh, like, oh, so when you like practice squad favorite wide receiver? And he's like, no, I'm going to throw it to Michael Thomas all the time. And that's yeah. what he did. So one game, he's not much of a passer. He's going to suck up some of the touchdowns around the goal line, which I think sucks for Kamara and for Michael Thomas, who are both getting those looks. But I think what we saw from Taysom Hill is that he's a decent quarterback and that the Saints are still going to score pretty well with him under the under center. Is there anyone on the Broncos that you are like confidently starting this week with the utmost confidence? Because the answer is no. <laughs> Probably still Judy is like a high, high end flex. Am I, am I out of my mind there? He's really good. He's really good, but do he you should. trust Drew Locke to get him the football? I don't I mean, I don't trust the coaches not to make Melvin Gordon happen. A thing. Like they're just shoehorning that. I have Jerry know. Judy's my wide receiver 40, by the way. Okay. Locke, Locke has, uh, he's supported Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy uh, mostly over the last three weeks. Judy had a down week last week. But uh, yeah, not not terrible performances, and the the Saints defense has really been kind of wishy washy. I, I think they're an outrageously talented unit. They just haven't always stepped up to the plate. Um, yeah, true. I don't think I'm shying away from Judy as a flex. All right. All right. The last in the last three weeks, they've been top ten in fewest points allowed to wide receivers. So things are things are clicking. And you're saying you are right. The, the like this is a lot of people have said this, where it's like the Saints defense is super talented and it was surprising how poor they started the season off and it seems like things might be uh might be clicking now speaking of a just absurd defense uh let's move to san francisco 49ers heading to los angeles to take on the raiders and i asked the question is there anyone in denver who you've are not the raiders the uh rams thank you nick your look of confusion corrected me uh i asked if there was anyone on the broncos who you'd confidently start is there anyone on the 49ers you'd confidently start? Because here's what the Rams defense has done in fantasy the last five weeks. Fewest points to quarterbacks, third fewest points to running backs, fewest points to wide receivers, and 12th fewest points to tight ends. So maybe Jordan Reed is the only viable play, but I would like, <laughs> I would bench anyone on my team uh, who is on the 49ers this week. This is just the worst when this happens. And I hate this for 49ers fans because I think you have such a good coach and a decent shot at it every year but I've just completely forgotten about the San Francisco 49ers from a fantasy standpoint of yeah. no there's no one I would start like maybe if I get a hot tip on the in, on the running back that's going to get 18 carries and he's available but we don't even know who that's going to be like they keep I have I think three different 49ers running backs on IR throughout my four different <laughs> leagues of like every shot I've taken at the 49ers backfield so uh, they all play like one game and then leave so Raheem Mostert, Raheem the Dream, uh, he has been designated to return from injured reserve. Now, again, doesn't mean he's playing. He has three weeks uh, to get right, but this is a, a Sunday afternoon game. We will know if if he gets practices in on Thursday and Friday or, or not. And if he does, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that he immediately becomes that guy you were just talking about, Clark, who gets 18 touches. Uh, and if so, like, is would he are any of you guys afraid to to get Mostert in there as like a top 15 option I I am maybe I'm over like over uh confident or over hyping this Rams defense this Rams defense has just been playing otherworldly uh the last few games and I I would as we are pushing to the fantasy playoffs where you are where games matter more so than ever uh, I don't know if I would be wanting to, unless I real, unless like I, I just didn't have anyone else who I felt confident in. I agree with you, Nick, that like the starting running back for Kyle Shanahan is there is fantasy value, just like baseline with that. But if I could get out from it, I would. Clark, I want to hear you talk about the Kyle Shanahan run game because you wax poetical better than any of us here. But I will say, 
Uh, one, Raheem Mostert still has the fastest time of any running back in the NFL this year, point or 23.09 miles per hour. Two, quick name game this week, uh, James Conner or Raheem Mostert? I would go James Conner. And depending on how things go this week, I could easily see Mostert returning to like a top eight option the rest of the way. I love Kyle Shanahan, but when you're on your third, fourth, fifth quarterback in the NFL, doesn't really matter how good your coach is sometimes. So that's just why I'm so far out. But again, Mostert gets 18 touches a game. Okay, I'm back in. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I think too. I think I would also break in favor of James Conner, but I 100% agree that if James Conner puts together another average slash below average performance and Raheem Mostert shows anything, any sign of life against this uh, Rams defense, I'm buying it. All right, let's move on. Three games left. We have the Kansas City Chiefs heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And from a real football perspective, I mean, this Tom Brady guy, got to stop throwing interceptions. Good Lord. Win, a, win an important game, Tom. I mean, they call you the GOAT, and it, it just, like, go win, a, go win a game that you need to win. Am I right, Tom? Am I right? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that there's anything on the Chiefs that you're, that you're, like, stopping from. The craziest that I just saw was that in the last three, last four weeks, um, Travis Kelsey is averaging 21.6 half-point PPR points per game. The number two tight end in that time frame is Darren Waller with 9.9. It's just out of this world what, what Travis Kelsey is doing. So he is, uh, he is a lock to just continue to be basically a, a top wide receiver, if not even like a fucking quarterback uh, in terms of numbers for, for the rest of the time. Edward Solaire finally getting into the end zone. I just want people to remember this when I'm freaking out about Travis Kelsey as a top six pick next year because I was not on an island, but certainly not the most popular man in the world saying he was a at least second, if not end of the first pick this year. Just love it when there's one huge tight end and he's just absolutely rolling. No idea what to expect in this game other than I think it's going to be high scoring. I know going out on a limb. Uh, that's saying something a little bit with uh, now interception prone Tom Brady at the helm for the Buccaneers. I feel like the Buccaneers uh, want to commit to someone in the running game and keep forgetting that halfway through the game and seemingly (laughs) forcing the other back in there. Ronald Jones looking okay. Then Leonard Fournette's dropping passes. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, Antonio Brown looks like he's going to be the uh, Edelman-esque wide receiver for Brady, probably late to the game on this one. That's going to free everything up for everyone else. I think the pilot just gets bigger. This, it's going to be a real treat to watch this one and break ties in favor of this game. Cameron Brait coming on for you tight end needy folks. He's fine. He should score this week again. Uh, yeah. The, so the two things I want to add to this are just, it, this should be a, a big time uh, passing fest, which would indicate that Leonard Fournette, the dynamic pass catching back will uh, out snap. Well, I know. <laughs> Ronald Jones, uh, who also is never profiled like a pass catching back. Uh, but, you know, anyway, I mean, Fournette, they've named him the guy to do that job. He's ill suited to perform. So break your uh, flex tie with Fournette over Ronald Jones. And then uh, a neat little tidbit from uh, PFF Gerard uh, four hours ago Bucks red zone targets in the last three games. Antonio Brown, one. Chris Godwin, one. Rob Gronkowski, three. Mike Evans, 10. So if you're wondering which receiver has the highest ceiling, right now it is definitely Mike Evans. It's Mike just Evans, in. Mike Evans, still very good at football. Good at <laughs> Mike Evans, I have as my wide receiver, nine. Chris Godwin, wide receiver, 27. And Antonio Brown, wide receiver, 37. That, that we've seen the, the hierarchy uh, cement itself from a fantasy perspective. Mike Evans is seeing all that red zone work. And uh, to also help lend her viewpoint on the Buccaneers backfield, uh, the Oracle is here to tell you which, whether or not we'll see if she agrees with Nick as to which back, which, which running back is the one to play this week as they take advantage of a Chiefs defense that you can run on. My pick for today is Ronald Jones. I sense 
that his dedication to football has been lifelong from early, early days. So I feel Rojo will go. Well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. I think she did that just so that she could say Rojo will go. I think the rhyme was was what kind of like really prompted that whole uh, that whole vision. She should have said Gojo, but um, <sighs> missed opportunity. Not to the oracle. No, the or- <laughs> oracle is uncriticable. I really like the uh, her comment about how he's been uh, committed lifelong to football. <laughs> with, like the there was the report from Nelson Souza, the like high stakes millionaire from just fucking fantasy which i think is all of our dreams uh who had some inside guys in los angeles and when he was when he was uh drafted out of uh was a ucla or no usc initially uh he spent his the the summer before his rookie season at this same club like every night openly smoking pot and eating cheeseburgers that was like his thing was just if that's not commitment to the game nick i don't know what is (laughs) i don't know what is yeah, that's that's just trying to that's trying to yeah pack on pack on the NFL muscle that you need in order to run through. And well, he wanted to make sure that he was not considered a a, a small pass catcher. Didn't, didn't and as a firm respect. believer in socialism, he was redistributing the wealth to those hardworking college girls who are just trying to make themselves a better life. On to the next. <laughs> uh, what is this Sunday night? Chicago Bears heading to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, to take them on and uh well nick what do you like about this game i feel like we've just descended into chaos <laughs> yeah do you guys do you guys hear that sound it is mitchell trubisky returning under center uh for the chicago bears because nick is that Foles, confirmed well nick Foles is not practicing because oh my he, god uh, has an injured hip ego and glutes and ego and trubisky uh, he just is practicing. He has not won the job. He just is practicing. They have to go. <laughs> He's going to win it by uh, being there. Yeah. Uh, so Jair Alexander and Allen Robinson are going to have a duel. I think that really sucks. Uh, I mean, I think Allen Robinson can beat any quarterback, a cornerback in the NFL, but with Trubisky throwing to him, I, like, yeah, I think, I don't know. How, how far do you guys drop him in, in the rankings back, like back end of, wide receiver two or in the flex consideration he's my wide receiver 20 so yeah that low end wide receiver two and was that before you knew trubisky that was before i knew about trubisky so i might even bump him down more so he might even fall out of wide receiver two contention with with trubisky under center so this is always hard to do i think in these situations when you're going from one quarterback who's not very good to a quarterback who's not at all good do you need to overreact to that information because it's tech i feel like it's technically true that folk is a is a or falls is a little bit better mm-hmm. alan robinson's still kicking ass when mr Risky was back there i can't wait for this game for real nfl watching goodness but this game is petrifying fantasy wise like all those packers that have just been rocketing us to victories running into this bears bus all defense and i don't know I don't know how you get away from any of the Packers in this game, but it's just going to be a rough week, I think, for a lot of Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm also saying on that in that note, a guy who you can get away from and you should be getting away from is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, he's just been he's just been kind of a head case this entire season, and that's just kind of been like his thing for the career. But he's had he's put together a good couple of games where his where his confidence has certainly built and and Aaron Rodgers is trusting him more and getting the ball to him and then of course he fumbled it all away at the end of that Colts game which he he did tweet this out and people like be better be better than like tweeting death threats to a player because they fumbled the football like let's all chill on that one Marcus Valdez-Scantling does not deserve your death threats for for dropping the ball literally uh and I, with Alan Lazard coming back, a tough, really tough Bears defense. I just think that I could see MVS getting the getting the shaft and being returning to like third or fourth wheel behind. I mean, you got a lot of guys there. Robert Tanyan came on against the Colts, uh, and if Lazard is play, and then obviously they're going to get those backs, both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. Yeah, I would move on from Marquez Velda Scantling as soon as possible because he's god awful. Uh, that doesn't mean that I would endorse tweeting mean things at him i just think he's terrible at football 
it's his third season. He it's still just completely. I don't know, man. Down. That catch he did on fourth down against the Colts when he was caught as a forty-seven yard bomb to get them out of the red zone. Like that was that was an impressive grab. So I don't know if you remember Jermaine Curse of the Seattle Seahawks, who made a multi-year career out of like three prime Good time catches. catches. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, no, we're, we got we got to really move off of uh, both both Scantling and uh, Valdez Scantling and, and Alan Lazard. It's going to be a really tough battle. Devontae Adams is still you know in contention for overall wide receiver one honors. Uh, Aaron Jones owners though managers rather uh, really need to expect a a lessened uh, box score than what they would potentially be hoping for uh, as i put in the their running back rankings this week um it took dalvin cook 30 rushes to pile up 96 scoreless yards yards against the bears defensive front uh and dalvin cook doesn't have to split time with jamal williams i think aaron jones is is awesome but i think this is probably going to be much more of a floor rb1 game than a, a ceiling rb1 game Wrap the week up, Monday Night Football, Seattle Seahawks heading to Philly to take on the Eagles. Nicolas, what are you vibing in this game? Wrap us up. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, Travis Fulham, he's been super fun, but he's now seeing a lot of double coverage or uh, extra attention, you know, kind of putting the top cornerback on him. Uh, Jalen Rager, is, he fits the bill of who, the, who has just been kicking the Seahawks ass all year. Uh, I, I can double check right now. I believe they're still number one. Yeah. 340, excuse me, 3,437 yards allowed. That's over 400 more yards than the next closest team. So Rager, I mean, you can kind of just bill him for a long touchdown score. Uh, no matter what now Zach Ertz is is supposed to be coming back, which is really a, a stick in the spokes for Dallas Goddard. Um, I think you probably still can start Goddard as like a top 12 option just because the tight end position is so friggin' bad, but that, that is a real bummer. Uh, and also finishing up with, with Fulham there, I think that he can be started as a flex option, but um, you know, as of late, it's, it's been really tough and, and Wentz has just been kind of terrible and uh, that is, that's kind of what I wanted to uh finish on here was the viability of the Seattle Seahawks defense. Philadelphia is one of the friendliest offenses to opposing uh, team defenses. So just looking at a few finishes here, I mean, the last two, I think have been uh, low 20 point finishes for, for opposing defense. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm looking just at a personal league right now. Cause I, I didn't have a uh, better means. Oh no, excuse me. I can, I'm pulling this up right here. So we're just going to kind of pretend like I'm not uh, okay. They're the fourth most friendly to, to opposing uh, defenses. So if you need a, uh, a streaming defense, look no further than the Seattle Seahawks, it helps. And I got this from the, the uh, fantasy football hustle with Dwayne McFarland. Uh, after, after Philadelphia, Seattle gets Daniel Jones, uh, Sam Darnold, and or Joe Flacco, and then Washington. So some really good matchups to kind of pummel the opponent um, Yeah, in, in coming weeks. I'm really hoping that this is a Miles Sanders go week. Seahawks allowing third most points to running backs the last five weeks, second most receptions. So maybe Carson Wentz, instead of throwing interceptions, can uh, just dump it off to old Miles Sanders and... Yeah, so with this game being Monday night, if you're going to take a chance on Carlos Hyde, I think that's a good maybe uh, maybe worth start there. Uh, Bo Scarborough of Detroit Lions closing out the fantasy season strong last year fame seems to be playing for the Seattle Seahawks, and he is a giant man who runs forward very well. Uh, so if Hyde can't go, I think having Scarborough as a just-in-case last minute flex option would be a good idea going into Monday night. Yeah, I do too. But I think unfortunately, Bo Scarborough is on injured reserve. Um, All the good things die. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Bo Scarborough went on IR uh, yesterday, um, probably late in the day. That's, that's why we didn't see it. Um, Chris Carson is going to be back for this week that all signs point to him being back. So, you know, fire him up as like a high end running back to Carlos Hyde is, is definitely going to mix in. Um, those other dudes though, I'm, I'm not worried about Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. They had their chance and they didn't seize, uh, you know, the role they, they brought in friggin' Alex Collins. So. Yeah. Who then suddenly became the number one back. Yeah. Excellent. Well, there you go. Week 12 starts and sits. 
Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy basketball and baseball podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. If you have specific start and sit questions, make sure to hit us up. We'd love to help you out. Uh, you can follow myself at Peter M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will tentatively be back at you next week. Maybe a little more information on that later. Enjoy your Thanksgivings, everyone. Until then. Peace.